I'm going to ask a question before I pray. Just think about this. Who is one of the greatest heroes in the Old Testament? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I humbly come before you this day and ask that you would bring forth your word that this congregation would not hear Dan Steffes but would hear the Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, that you would take this old chunk of coal and that you would turn me into a diamond someday. And I pray, Father, that the, the words that I've put together in this lesson would be edifying for the body and pleasing in your hearing. And I pray, Father, that you would continue to work your will in our lives. I thank you, Father, for the young men that stood up here before me. Father, truly there is hope in Israel when you have young men that are not afraid of testifying of their life vision. And I pray, Father, that my life and the life of my family would be the same. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are going to let the children, three through five, that whose parents choose for them to go, and they may be dismissed at this time, children three through five, and the children six through nine also may choose if their parents wish to go to their class. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. So I asked the question, who is one of the greatest heroes of the Old Testament? And I believe it's David. Um, he was a shepherd who wrote psalms praising our God. At a young age, he became the hero of Israel. And he was the captain of Israel's army. He eventually replaced Saul as king. David defeated many enemies of Israel. He consolidated and strengthened the kingdom. He designed and gathered the materials for the first temple that Solomon built. And he established orderly worship. He left such an impression on the people of Israel that even centuries later, people were still looking for the greater David to reestablish the kingdom to Israel. In the New Testament, people kept calling for and on the son of David. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me, they called. We know that the one that's greater than David is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the title of my lesson is Jesus, the greater David. So let's compare Jesus and David. And we're going to start at the first mention of the character of David in 1 Samuel 13, verse 14. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. These are the words of Samuel told to Saul. So right here we have first mention of David's character. He was a man after God's own heart. Acts 13, verses 21 and 22 says, And afterward they desired a king, and God gave unto them Saul, the son of of Shis, a man of the 
tribe of Benjamin by the space of 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. King Saul had sinned, and the Lord had told him via Samuel that his kingdom would not continue. Samuel was told to anoint one of the sons of Jesse. David was a man after God's own heart, but Jesus is the very essence of God's sacred heart. David became the captain of his people, but Jesus is the captain of our salvation. Hebrews 2, 9 and 10. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him from whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Jesus was perfect, even when his body was beat and bruised and defiled on that cross. He was perfect. Samuel went to Bethlehem, where Jesse lived, to anoint one of the sons of Jesse to be the new king. That's in 1 Samuel 16, 10 and 11. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel, and Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. Now Jesse had many sons, but the older sons were not chosen. David was the youngest son. In fact, he was the eighth son. Eight is the number of resurrection, regeneration, and the beginning of a new era, era, not an error, an era, or a new order. Eight is the number that refers to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The numerical value of Jesus written in Greek is 888. Now David was born in Bethlehem. Jesus was also born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem is the house of bread in Hebrew. The countryside around Bethlehem was a grain-producing area, and Bethlehem was a very important part of the makeup of the nation and also the belief system in ancient Israel. It was an area that fed the people, produced sacrificial lambs, and was a key part of the belief in the coming Messiah. Micah 5.2 says, But thou, Bethlehem Ephratah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been of old from everlasting. A king come out of a small town? Well, that's where David came from. And the prophecies of the Old Testament prophets showed that the Messiah would come from there too. Now David, being the youngest, was a shepherd. That was one of those jobs that most people despised, and the youngest one 
you go do that. The older brothers were too good for that. He kept the sheep of Jesse. And when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, who was the first to find out that the Messiah was born? Luke 2, 8 through 12. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came unto them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Bethlehem was called the city of David. Jesus was born in a stable in that town and was lying in a feed trough for feeding sheep. The angel came and told the good news to the shepherds first, not to the priests, not to the Levites, or the scribes, or the Pharisees. Plain, simple, lowly, smelly old shepherds were the first to hear the good news. Now shepherds spend a lot of time in the field. They have a lot of time to think. Do they think good thoughts or wicked thoughts? Or are they just bored out of their minds watching these sheep graze? David occupied his time by playing the harp and writing psalms, making music and hymns to praise God. In the preparation for his ministry, Jesus spent 40 days fasting and meditating in the wilderness, the very place where the sheep grazed. And when he was tempted of the devil, what did he do? According to Luke 4, he quoted scripture to rebuke the devil, and the devil fled. Isaiah prophesied about his ministry in Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Now Jesus confirmed these very words when he read from the scriptures at the synagogue in Nazareth, which is in Luke 4, 18 to 21. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Now did you notice that he did not complete the passage? So the first part of that passage was fulfilled during his first ministry. The second part 
will be filled when he comes, fulfilled when he comes again. Now, Jesus was not the only one to have compassion on the sick and the lame. If you turn to 2 Samuel 9, verses 6 through 8, we hear about Mephibosheth. Now, when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not. For I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? Why would he say that? David had compassion on Mephibosheth, the grandson of Saul. He was a cripple. When most of the kingdoms around Israel had a change in the ruling dynasty, it was the norm to kill all the male relatives of the dead king. The new king eliminated anyone who could challenge his rule. David did the opposite. He provided for Mephibosheth, and he fed him. Jesus healed many crippled and lame during his ministry, and here are some of the examples. In Matthew 8, 5 through 13, and Luke 7, 1 through 10, he healed the centurion's servant. In John 5, 1 through 15, he healed the paralyzed man at the pool of Bethesda. In Matthew 12, 9 through 13, and Mark 3, 1 through 5, he restored a crippled A man's crippled hand, a withered hand was restored. Not only did he heal the lame, the blind, the demon-possessed, and the lepers, he raised the dead. In Matthew 9, 18 through 26, Mark 5, 35 through 43, and Luke 8, 49 through 56, he raised the daughter of Jairus from the dead. In Luke 7, 11 through 18, he raised the widow's son at the town of Nain. In John 11, 1 through 43, he raised Lazarus from the dead after four days in the tomb. Not only did David care for the handicapped, he also fed the people at the return of the Ark of the Covenant. In 2 Samuel 6, 17 through 19, And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And as soon as David had made an end of offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he dealt among all the people even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well to the women as men, to everyone a cake of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine, a cup of wine, grape juice. So all the people departed everyone to his house. He fed the entire congregation gathered for the return of the Ark of the Covenant. Now besides healing the people, Jesus also fed the multitude that came to hear him teach. 
Matthew 14, 14 through 21. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. And Jesus said unto them, They need not depart. Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude and they did all eat and were filled. And they took up of the fragments that remained 12 baskets full basket for every tribe. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Matthew also reports a second occurrence when Jesus fed the people. That's in Matthew 15, 35 through 38. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground and he took the seven loaves and the fishes and gave thanks and break them and gave to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled and they took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets full. <clears throat> and they that did eat were 4,000 men besides women and children. Now this is also told in Mark 6 and 8, Luke 9, and John 6. Now John includes this comment from the crowd after they were fed. John 6, 14. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, this is of a truth that prophet that should come into the world. Their worldview, they were looking for the one that would fulfill all the prophecies of the Old Testament prophets. And they were looking for the son of David. Isaiah 9, 7, and 16, 5 prophesy about the throne of David being established. The son of David is mentioned 14 times in the New Testament, and in each time it refers to the coming of Christ. Jeremiah had many prophecies concerning the one who would come. Jeremiah 23, verses 5 and 6. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise up unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days Judah shall be saved and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Jeremiah repeats words similar to this in Jeremiah 33 verses 14 through 16. And in Jeremiah 33, he even states that God will only break his covenant with David if God's covenant of day and night comes to an end. Now, the last I checked, we still have day and night. Now, it's, it's pretty dark out there today, but it's still daylight. It's God who will raise up a king. Jeremiah 30, verse 9 says, But they shall serve the Lord their God, and David 
their king, whom I will raise up unto them. Ezekiel said that this coming king will be a shepherd who will feed the people. Ezekiel 34, 23 through 24. And I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them, even my servant David. He shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them, I, the Lord, have spoken it. Now do you see why the multitude wanted to make Jesus their king when he fed them? Ezekiel 37, verses 24 and 25. And David, my servant, shall be king over them, and they all shall have one shepherd. They shall also walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. And they shall dwell in the land that I have given unto Jacob my servant, wherein your fathers have dwelt. And they shall dwell therein, even they and their children, and their children's children forever. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. Amos 9.11 talks about God raising up the fallen tabernacle of David. Zechariah 13.1 talks of the fountain opened in the house of David for the cleansing of sin and, and unrighteousness. All of these prophecies were what the people believed and were looking for at the time of Jesus. The prophets and the people were looking for the greater David, the one that would come. They were looking for that great shepherd of the sheep. Now since Bethlehem is only 5.5 miles from Jerusalem, Bethlehem was a producer of sacrificial lambs. That is why John the Baptist could prophesy that Jesus was the Lamb of God. He was born in Bethlehem. In fact, he was born in a stable where sacrificial lambs were kept. John 1, verse 29 says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. Now shepherds not only watched the sheep, they had to protect them. David was skilled in fighting off the wild beasts that attacked the flock. And that's described in 1 Samuel 17, verses 34 through 37. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and I smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. Jesus declared that he was the good shepherd who would lay down his life defending and protecting the sheep. In John 10, 
11 through 16, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is a hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd." David was willing to lay down his life fighting Goliath and the Philistines. Goliath and the Philistines were the devil and his demons in the days of David. So David fought Goliath, and Jesus fought Satan and his demons, even conquering the gates of hell while he was in the tomb. 1 Samuel 17, 10 and 11. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now when Goliath defied the armies of Israel, he was also defying the God of Israel. The Israelites were afraid, but David was willing to lay down his life in fighting Goliath. David was a young man at that time. 1 Samuel 17, 43 through 47. The Philistines said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. What did David have for weapons? His staff, his shepherd's staff, and his sling. And the Philistines said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee, and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses, <clears throat> excuse me, I will give the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. David defeated Goliath. In fact, he cut off Goliath's head with Goliath's own spear. He sent the demon hordes of the Philistines fleeing. David fought multiple battles against the Philistines and the other enemies of Israel in his reign. But the one thing that David did not do was to make war on his personal enemies. This again shows the character that David had. 
In 1 Samuel 25, Nabal, a descendant of Caleb, insulted David and his men, but Abigail, Nabal's wife, convinced David to refrain from taking revenge and shedding blood in anger. God dealt with Nabal, and he died 10 days after having a heart attack. David had mercy on King Saul more than once. He stayed his hand in the hands of his men from killing Saul. In 1 Samuel 24, Saul took a nap in a cave that David was hiding in. All David did was cut off the hem of his garment. In 1 Samuel 26, David sneaked into the camp of Saul while everyone was sleeping. Again, he could have killed the one who was seeking his very life, but he only took his spear and his water container, his cruise of water. <clears throat> In 2 Samuel 16 and 19, David also held back when Shimei, the relative of Saul, threw stones and dirt at David when he was, when he was fleeing from Absalom and his uh, attempted coup. Shimei was one of the first ones that came to David when he was brought back across the Jordan River, and David spared his life. David would have died in the place of his son Absalom. He cried out, oh my son, my son, my son, better had I died if I had died for thee. He was willing to give up his life for his own son who was rebelling against him. We are all rebels like Absalom. We've rebelled against our God. Jesus taught the people that they should not fight against their personal enemies. Matthew 5, 38 through 48. Ye have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law, take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain in the just, sendeth rain on the, on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Jesus also taught these words right after the prayer that he taught his disciples. Now didn't, do the, didn't, didn't David do the same? And forgiving his enemies? Matthew 6, 14 through 15. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. 
But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Wasn't David greatly forgiven in the matter of Bathsheba and Uriah, her husband? Jesus even asked for forgiveness for those who were killing him. Luke 23, 33 through 34. And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. But this does not take away from the battle against the enemy of our souls. We are commanded to fight against sin and wickedness and to fight to defend our homes and nation from external enemies. We are also commanded to fight against the enemies of God. That battle may not be in the physical world. Ephesians 6, 11, and 12 says, Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wilds of the devil. When David fought Goliath, he had the armor of God on him. He had no shield or spear. Verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. In David's day, the battle was physical against the enemies that were surrounding Israel. David had to fight. But that is what Jesus will do for us too. The Apostle John told of a larger war, the war of the ages that was taking place. It's in Revelations 12, verses 1 through 11. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. That's Israel. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. It's Israel waiting for the Messiah. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his head. That's the devil, Satan, Lucifer. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth, fallen angels. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she hath a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not, Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. This is the only place that Satan has any free travel. He's cast out of the heavens. Continuing. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. 
For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. This is the war of all history. And Jesus is that man-child who is the rule and fought against sin and the devil on our behalf that we can be overcomers. He freed the captives bound in sin. He laid down his life for his sheep. He was taken up to God and will return again to fulfill all the prophecies yet to be fulfilled. He will rule this world on the very throne of David. Jesus Christ, Lord of Lords and King of Kings, he is the greater David. Amen. Thank you.